on, guys. This is the 3D Dynasty Podcast on the on the uh, SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Scaling Podcast Network. It's brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com backslash pool. That's birddogs.com backslash pool. All right, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Mr. Brad Stickler, FF Bourbon Dude, and our guest. Please make sure you give Eric a follow. This is Eric Moody from ESPN Fantasy. Eric, how was your Monday? No, everything everything is good. Still recovering from uh, from Father's Day. You know, lots of lots of family time, lots of good eating, and it was a good day today. You know, did ESPN bet earlier talking some uh, NFL. You know, had some uh, NBA news from Father's Day with Bradley Beal. You know, joining the Suns. Huge. Uh, not not official, but is is official. You know, not not signed just yet or that trade. But no, it's it's all uh, it's all good. And I know we're in the, I would say the what the calm before the fantasy football storm. And so it's it's good times right now. Good times. Yeah, and, and we're dynasty, so we don't take any days off here. And uh, you do all different sports. So I really do appreciate you coming on. One of the nicest guys in the space. Make sure you give Eric a follow. And uh, everybody, please, housekeeping, like, subscribe. Please make sure to hit that, button. Hit that subscriber button. And so, uh, Eric, I think you're reading my mind because I, I sent Brad a list over and I want to play a little stash or trash with you because you're the guest. And so in your super flex leagues, just stash or trash, Jared Stidham. Man, I, I would, uh, you said stash or trash. I would, yeah. I would trash. Uh, Clayton Toon. I would trash. DTR. From the Browns. <laughs> Is it that that I'm saying trash? <laughs> hey, hey, we're going deep here. We're going deep. But some of these rosters, they they, they, they don't need clogged. Jake Hayner. <laughs> I'm going to go trash again. Yeah, I mean, if you could get a, a poor man's tough. version. He's a poor man's version of Brock Purdy. And I don't know if that's saying much. But we'll talk about Brock Purdy later. Let's go on to the running back position. Keontae Ingram. Yeah, I would still stash. Joshua Kelly. Stash. Isaiah Spiller. Oh, definitely stash. Malik Davis. Oh, wait, wait. We're going to talk about Malik Davis later. (laughs) Ty Chandler. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. We're probably going to talk about him. I was thinking the same thing. I would uh, would trash. Alec Pierce. God, I'm a huge fan of his game. My gut says stash. KJ Osborne. I don't know Jordan Addison though. It's uh, that's that's even though they're a pass heavy team, I would say trash at this point. All right, I'm gonna go to the tight end position. Jake Ferguson. I would end up trashing. Tucker Craft. Trash. Kate Otten. Trash. And the last one, I thought this was pretty surprising. Draft capital, Brenton Strange. Yeah, I would still I would still say trash. It's just tight, you know, tight end is so difficult to get to fantasy relevancy. And then, you know, if you have someone that's a upper echelon pick, you know, where they've got a clear path to playing time, it's a lot easier. But still, that's even no guarantee that they'll get the targets and everything. So I'm very I'm very picky about tight end and dynasty. Now, hey, I appreciate you playing. And the last fun question, if you were in a Nintendo themed 
fantasy football league, what what NES or what Nintendo system would, would you Nintendo game would you uh, name your team after? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking just to go old school and like uh, think you know Mario Brothers, you know, all those different games that they've had, and so I, I guess my team name would be the the Warp Pipe Dream Team. I love it. I love it. We we uh, we did a lot of Mario Brothers in my house. I got we played Mario Brothers. My son dressed like Mario and drove around the neighborhood, and we watched Mario Brothers movies. So let's get on to the quarterbacks. We got some we got some quarterbacks, and we're always going to talk super flex value when we're talking quarterbacks. And so Eric, you got the two pack here. We got Jaron Hall, and we got Sam Howell. Whichever one you want to go first. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Howell. I'm, I'm really excited, um, you know, about him in 2023. Like, I know he only started the one game for the Commanders during his rookie season, got that win over the Cowboys. But despite limited playing time, I would say his performance in that game really gave the Commanders coaching staff, like, confidence in him. So I know he's going into this season where he'll end up being the starter. And I'm like, he's, you know, he's got great skills and ability, and hopefully we'll be able to see him fulfill that potential. But when you look at the offseason, you know, obviously Carson Wentz is no longer on that team. You know, disappointing veteran, you know, his last two stops, did not play well with the Colts, did not play well with the Commanders. And also they let uh, Tyler Haneke, you know, walk in free agency. So they did bring in Jacoby Brissett. But I look at that more as like a insurance policy. This team is, they're locked in on how. But also what I like about Howell is with his running ability, and that's something that dynasty managers should be excited about. I'm um, like in his lone start last season, he rushed for uh, like 35 yards, had a touchdown. And then back in college during his final season, like this is a guy who gained, it was over 800 yards and scored 11 touchdowns as a runner. So he's got that dual threat ability where some dynasty managers may not see that. And so I would say to bring all that together on Howell, and I'd love to move on to Jaron Hall, is that, I mean, this is a, a player who's going to be the starting quarterback. He's going to have to face plant significantly uh, to get supplanted by uh, Jacoby Brissett. And I think he's someone that in dynasty formats that even in Superflex that some managers may be overlooking. So consider to pick him up. But when you look at uh, Jaron Hall, which I was really fascinated with him, is that we all know how productive Kirk Cousins has been in the Vikings offense. Like they're very pass heavy. But one thing about Cousins, I think about his future you know, beyond 2023 being really, really uncertain. So that kind of creates an opportunity for Jaron Hall. So, you know, if Cousins moves on, you know, after this year, I think Hall has a legitimate chance to take over as the Vikings starting quarterback. So he's someone else for where if you're in a startup, you can end up sashing him late or even trading for him, you know, now. And he's really in a great situation to succeed. You know, with Justin Jefferson, we talked about Jordan Addison briefly. But um, this is a guy in college that uh, has some impressive stats. Um you know, in 2021 uh, and 2022 combined, like he threw for like 51 touchdowns to just 11 interceptions. And so what those numbers indicate to me is like, hey, this is a guy that can make big plays, but also protect the football as well. And there's just a lot of buzz, you know, surrounding him. So if you do pick him up, obviously keep, you know, kind of keep your, uh, you know, your head to the ground, you know, ears open about Cousins and the situation with uh, Minnesota. But I'm like, he's someone that if Cousins does move on, he's in a really good situation, great playmaker surrounding him, and also a pass-heavy offensive scheme. So, you know, those are two guys that I kind of have on my radar. Yeah, I think both are, are super interesting. Um, and how I've done some dynasty price checks on him. And it's interesting, the market, because it's all over the place. Some people are just not believers. They think Jacoby Brissett's going to be the guy. And um, that's kind of baked into his cost. 
Um, and like you said, he does just have uh, his very kind of Will Levis like career arc in college where he had a huge uh, junior year, uh, possible number one overall pick. And then all of a sudden had a really bad year due to a lot of changes and, and whatnot. And then he fell, fell pretty hard in the draft, but he did look good and did not, you know, Washington. I thought Washington was going to be a good spot for Hennon Hooker. They didn't bring him in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I like both those picks and, and the Cousins contract situation. He commented, he said, you know, he doesn't really know what's going to happen with it. So, yeah, I mean, Sam Howell was, I, I would almost say, in a worse position than what we saw Will Levis. Will Levis still got second round draft capital. Yeah. We were talking about Sam Howell as one of the top quarterbacks in that class a few years ago, and he fell to the fifth or sixth round. Like, it, I mean, it was a, significant fall from grace losing Deami Brown and some of the other playmakers on offense. If you look at Javonta Williams or Michael Carter, the offensive line changes just, just a little bit of everything. Uh, so I, I well, have still got hired high end second round draft capital and poor Sam found himself in day three, unfortunately. So, yeah. Well, Brad, uh, we have, uh, Definitely want to talk to everyone about Bird Dogs. We got a great deal for you. Uh, Bird Dogs makes you look good. I hope you got something for dad. Uh, Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designated to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a, a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts who are, that are made uh, made to be stiff, and these are you know, restricted cotton not not fun to wear. And so Bird Dogs fix that issue with cloud knit fabric that that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a slimmer look without sacrificing movement. Uh, Burn Dogs use uh, anti-stink, which is uh, everyone on the golf course will will, will uh, definitely thank Brad for that. Uh, and it keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, some things that you can you can notice, you can see these on athletes. Um, you're going to see these, uh, you know, a lot of people in the summer. Brad's actually wearing them right now, just got off the course. And so um, personally, I thought, you know, just just – Really, really felt comfortable wearing them. And luckily, my wife got me some this uh, this Father's Day. Go to birddogs.com, backslash pool, and enter promo code pool for your free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddog, birddogs.com, backslash pool. Get a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Brad, let's talk about Mr. Uh, two Gloves there, Kenny Pickett. Hey, he's not the only one that wears two gloves, all right? So let's not knock him too much. I know he has small hands and maybe he needs them, but look, there's nowhere to go but up from seven touchdowns and nine interceptions. And when you're coming off the board in dynasty startup leagues is the QB 22. Again, there's really quite frankly, nowhere to go but up. And you're talking about a starting quarterback who has some pretty solid talent around him. When you think about the route running savant of Deontay Johnson, you talk about that field stretcher and big time playmaker in George Pickens and some of those beautiful catches like that we like to see on film. And then they bring in Allen Robinson, a guy who a little bit older but can really solidify that slot position for them. And now he's got, a plethora of pass catchers to play play with. Pat Fryermuth, we haven't talked about. Darnell Washington, a draft pick that we haven't talked about. And the pass catching, you know, prowess of Najee Harris coming out of the backfield. I just really think with the additions to the offense, as well as the offensive line, we look at just 
really sleeper being somebody who's going to deliver ahead of their ADP. And I think there's a world where he's that top 18-ish type of quarterback, top 15 in in an ideal world uh, if Matt Canada can actually get that offense moving a little bit, which has been our biggest criticism of the Pittsburgh Steelers up to this point is just maybe a little bit lackluster play calling uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think with seven touchdowns, nine interceptions, and the play – the playmakers around him, I just think he's a huge uh, benefit and a guy that we're going to see provide above his ADP in Dynasty Leagues. Eric, last time you were on the show, we talked about Najee Harris. Since then, they've made some a lot of additions to the offensive line and, and other moves. What are your thoughts about Kenny Pickett? No, I do like Kenny Pickett, you know, as a, uh, as a breakout candidate, you know, whether you're playing Dynasty or Redraft. And, you know, Brad brought up some really good points, you know, bringing Allen Robinson in. You got George Pickens, you got Deontay Johnson. So he's well positioned for success. And so with Najee, you know, having him a lot healthier this year is obviously going to help, you know, behind that offensive line. And so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm buying Kenny Pickett and uh, Najee Harris, whether it's in Dynasty or Redraft. Love it. And uh, I, I got Brock Purdy on here. And so I thought about Desmond Ritter. I will say a little nod to Desmond Ritter. But I put Purdy on here because there's just there's so many people, especially in Dynasty, that are just so dug in on Trey Lance. Yeah. And for me, like, and I could be wrong, but I just read the tea leaves and, and stuff like from the interviews. Fred Warner just talking about this guy at the end of the season after the games. Like, these are captains. This guy won the locker room, and for me, that's a big deal. And the way that they talk about Brock Purdy, the the management talks about Brock Purdy. I'm just I'm gonna let people go and, and take their chance on Trey Lance. If I miss, I miss. But this guy is literally just plug and play, perfect QB two. He's he's not gonna really give you a lot of upside. Um, doesn't really rush the ball. Had uh, pretty much you know 202 every single week. And so especially in your six-point um, passing touchdown leagues, this guy's just a set it and forget it, QB2, and you can get him right now as a you know, QB25-26, and, uh, and he's young, and he's super cheap. And you know, as far as from a, a team-building standpoint, if the 49ers were to move ahead with him, let's say Sam Darnold starts week one and two, Birdie, Purdy comes in you know, after the first couple weeks of the season, this guy is making nothing. And they can build around him and pay all those all those other players that they have to pay because they have a very good roster and a very expensive roster. So, Eric, what are your thoughts on Brock Purdy? No, I, I do like Brock Purdy because I think one, one thing, and you kind of hit on this, Dave, that really makes Purdy an intriguing value right now is because you've got a lot of Trey Lance truthers out there that are still holding out hope. I, I, I hate to break it to you, but, you know, hope is not a viable – and winning strategy in fantasy football. And so, like you mentioned, the tea leaves are out there. And so take advantage of that window to pick up Purdy. And so you just never know. This could be a success story that we're talking about, you know, three or four years from now about, wow, you know, this guy came in, led this team, and they're they're built to win a Super Bowl. Things would have turned out much differently, I think, if he wouldn't have gotten injured in that game. That really just took the air out of the balloon and really changed the trajectory of that game. So, no, I'm, I'm with you on Purdy. Yeah, and, and I know it's not a, a fantasy football move, but taking Javon Hargrave off of the Eagles and adding them to their team, like someone said that in Dynasty, anytime someone makes a trade that you know, your your team, like their team got better and their chances of winning got better, yours got worse. 
But if you can take someone away from the best team in the conference and put them onto your team, that is, that's a plus move for me. And uh, definitely something that I, I think you should look at in dynasty when you're looking at your trades and things like that. If you're keeping someone away from your other contenders, it's okay to trade up, you know, pay up a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we go to the running backs. Hey, look, it's that time of the year. We all been talking about dynasty drafts, but the thing right now are those best ball drafts. And my favorite place to go is going to be underdog fantasy. And they've got best ball mania number four, which is here right now where they're giving away $15 million in prizes. That's right. $15 million, I said. So underdog pick'em is also another way that you can get down with your favorite MLB and college basketball player props. So many ways to win over at underdog and it's active in a ton of states. So head over to underdogfantasy.com and use our promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Yeah, I'm doing some underdog after the show. Uh, So let's talk about the running backs. And so one thing I love about the list that we put together, I know sleeper is a relative term and I've seen a lot of shows and I'm like, that's, that's not a sleeper. And I know that like, I'm, I'm pretty, like I follow it a lot. So I know what a sleeper to me is to someone else. There's, There's a range, but I really felt like we tried to give everyone true sleepers and, and dynasty values. So you got a two-pack here again, Dwayne McBride and uh, Malik Davis. Yeah, and I was trying to you – know, you brought up a good point about, like, the term, like, sleeper. So I was trying to come up with players that may not be on the radar of some dynasty managers, but once they discover these players, saying, hey, maybe I should pick that player up. I, I want to start with Malik Davis, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys. And so, obviously, Zeke was released. Significant opportunity – for Davis behind Tony Pollard, which I don't believe Tony Pollard is going to be used as a as a workhorse. I think he works best if you give him, I would say, anywhere from 15 to 17 touches a game. And so, obviously, that vacant spot for the number two running back uh, in Dallas is open. So, I, I like Davis quite a bit. One thing about Mike McCarthy, looking back at his usage, I know he became the Cowboys head coach in 2020. I like the number two running back in his team's offense has, has gotten a notable workload. I'm like on average, like the number two back is average, I think around 140 or so like rushing attempts per year. Uh, you know, getting a lot of getting a lot of carries there. And so I just think about Malik Davis's potential. I'm like undrafted free agent from last year. I'm like, you know, he showed out when given an opportunity. It's a guy that averaged it's like four point two yards per rushing attempt, two point one uh, yards after contact per attempt. And so he can gain yards efficiently and break tackles, which I like. You know, big play potential. I think as a rookie I'm like, he had a number of explosive runs. Like over 10% of his rushing attempts went for uh, more than 10 yards, really highlighting his ability to generate uh, big plays on the ground. And I think he's someone that we could find in uh, 2023 having potentially standalone uh, flex value. I think the only thing that could really derail uh, his fantasy relevancy is for some reason, if Ezekiel Elliott does return to the Cowboys, I know he's still unsigned out there, but I really like Malik Davis's game and he's someone that you can get very cheaply right now and I would add him to your roster so everyone knows about Dalvin Cook you know in that situation uh, I like Dwayne McBride you know quite a bit I think he's an intriguing player to consider like if you're in a startup like late in drafts or someone to trade for in Dynasty 
Um, I think he could be more involved in this Vikings backfield. I know Alexander Madison, he signed like a two-year deal back in March, so we'll see what happens beyond that two-year window. But I think McBride, uh, even though Madison will most likely be the starter, I look at McBride still being actively involved. Let's not forget about what he was able to do at uh, UAB. Like He finished a regular season like as the nation's leading rusher, also led the nation in rushing yards per game and yards per carry, second in the nation in rushing touchdowns. All of his skills are very – they translate very well to the NFL. And so I think he's a great value to just take a late-round flyer on or someone to trade for. So I know those are two guys that are kind of on my radar that you can kind of get under the radar, I would say, to acquire very cheaply. And they do have a clear path if dominoes fall a certain way to fantasy relevancy. Brad, any thoughts on those guys? I love the McBride one. That That's one that, Dave, you and I have been talking about for a while. You know, even before the the Dalvin Cook move was made, we were harping on, on McBride. And I think, you know, we saw Alexander Madison have some value in season. Even with Dalvin Cook there, we've never really seen Alexander Madison carry the load. And now, is that going to translate? Is he going to be able to carry it? Or is the offense, are they going to do like a 70-30 split and maybe get McBride on the field a little bit early on to give him some opportunity? I think there's a there's a, a very good ceiling, I feel like. Well, I'll say floor, I guess, more likely yeah. uh, for McBride in the, as early as this season, quite frankly. So. Yeah, and, and don't forget about Ty Chandler as well. If you're going to hedge your bets, um, he's, he's quick. He, he has some pass catching ability. And so, um, he's out there and he's like free, free. Um, like yeah. he might be on, he <laughs> might be on your waiver wire. So, um, and Dwayne McBride, I was surprised I had, I've had two rookie drafts since the, the move from Dalvin cook. And I thought McBride would go up the board a little bit higher. He's still very cheap late yeah. third round and rookie super flex rookie drafts. And so, uh, I, I like that. And, just a, a nugget for him. He also goes by Debo, D-E-B-O. I got to interview him over at the NFL Combine, and I asked, you know, I asked him about the lack of, of pass catching, and he said, I ran the ball 169 yards a game. We didn't really have to pass too much. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was a great answer. And so, Brad, let's talk about another rookie, Tank Bigsby. Hey, yeah, look, Tank Bigsby, uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, currently coming off the board as the RB. 43 for Doug Peterson's offense. Like, did have we forgotten what Doug Peterson historically does with the running back position? Whether we go and we look at Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard, whether we look at Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood, whether we look at LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi, there are always multiple running backs in Doug Peterson's system. Not to mention the fact that Travis Etienne has proven that, you know what, Maybe 25-plus carries a game, plus all the receiving work, is a little too much for me to handle. Can you help me out a little bit? So what do they do? They go and get one of the best pure running backs in this draft, averaging over five yards a carry. You know, Eric talked about the percentage of 10-plus yard runs uh, for Malik Davis and Debo McBride. Tank Bigsby had over 12% of his runs over 10 yards in college. This is a guy that can 
make explosive plays downfield between the tackles and allow Travis Etienne to be a little bit more that pass-catching savant that we had kind of hoped that he was coming out of Clemson. So I really like Tank Bigsby being RB43 again. I'm looking at just that jump in value. It, can he be a back-end RB2? I believe that is the case or could be the case this year. Eric? Yeah, no, I was smiling ear to ear, you know, hearing that breakdown of Bigsby because I'm like, this is a, a player who I would say can get on the field immediately on early downs. Like we talked about ETN's uh, skill set as a receiver. And so I don't think Bigsby will ever become like a competent receiver. But in order to be an early down back, I think he has to improve like his pass protection. And he has a skill set to do so. He's, he's not there yet, but – I'm excited about the potential that he brings to the table, but I think he'll get, you know, snaps, you know, as a early down back could end up scoring like some touchdowns. So I think they're a good combination if it's what like thunder and lightning or something like that, you know, that, that kind of dynamic. So I like Bigsby quite a bit. Yeah. You talk about a high value handcuff. Uh, oh, so, absolutely. Um, and so I got Kareem hunt on here. And so everything you see about his uh, analytics from last year says that I'm, that I, you should not go after Kareem hunt. Um, he really fell off last year, and so it, it was a weird year for him. He had that little like one day holdout, and then he realized like okay, that's a bad idea, and so he went back. Then the first two weeks, he had pretty good, pretty good volume. He was getting the touches. He was looking like he was gonna be you know another you know RB three back end or you know RB two, and then nothing. And so Brad and I are on here, and I'm like. Guys, like they're going to trade him. They're not using him. They're putting him in bubble wrap. He's only getting five, six touches a game. Nope, no trade. Nothing happened. He stayed on the team. And he really had one of his statistically worst years. I mean, his yards per carry was down. His elusive rating was down. Everything was down. But I do think Kareem Hunt and a few of these running backs are lurking and are going to – they're going to massively – destroy someone's fantasy football value very soon um miami backfield broncos backfield i like kareem hunt going to washington pairing back up with eric b enemy i think that would be interesting there is some you know buzz about that possibility um i doubt kansas city but you know andy Reid is uh, familiar with them so uh we'll see but i do think kareem hunt will find a place to go maybe the cowboys and so um, Kareem Hunt, I think, is someone that you can get fairly cheap right now and will have value very soon. So I would go get him now. Uh, Eric, any thoughts on Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's still, you know, considering his age, he can still be a viable option in plenty of backfields in the NFL. I was just thinking off the top of my head, it's like, like he could you know, be a very good goal line back and, you know, in Los Angeles with the Rams. Uh, I talked about the Vikings. I'm like, he could, you know, help them uh, in Minnesota, you know, the Giants, you know, New York, or even like Denver. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not excited about that landing spot because I'm a huge Samaj P. Ryan guy, but just given Javante Williams coming back from that serious knee injury, like he could be, he could be useful there. So, uh, like you said, he's going to derail the fantasy value in, in one backfield. But I, I, I believe he'll find a home sooner rather than later. Yeah, I was worried about putting Jeff Wilson on this list. Uh, we've yeah. been reviewing Mike Clay's, uh, his projections, and yeah. just talking about them on the show. And he's got Jeff Wilson as the top fantasy producer mm -hmm. for the Dolphins currently. 
but um, his projections came out about a month ago, and uh, they have Dalvin Cook very much uh, lurking for an edit change. Oh, yeah. uh, He's got an update. I think he updated it uh, like earlier. Well, I think maybe Saturday, Friday or Saturday. Cool. But it's updated now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I'm going to check that out. And Brad, nice throwback names earlier. Um, and uh, it, it's a fun thing to do in your dynasty leagues. Talk about some of like the history of your dynasty leagues. Like pull up some trades or some like startup, like when the league was five years ago. Uh, I had to laugh at my buddy the other day. I said, hey, uh, remember you traded a first round pick for Fat Rob Kelly? <laughs> he didn't really like that. Um, so, Eric, what are your thoughts here? I got my own personal photos here of Charlie Jones and Puka Nakua. I was laughing. I was like, Rob Kelly. It's a name <laughs> I haven't heard in a long time. A long time. Like I'm Obi-Wan here. Okay, let me let me get back to business here. You want you want me to talk about these wide receivers, right? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So uh yeah, Puka uh Nakua. I want to talk about him first. I'm excited about him. So we all know about uh the passing game in the in Los Angeles with the Rams. Focal point will be Cooper Cup. But you look at the rest of the team's receiving core, it's very underwhelming we'll say so it creates an opportunity for some other players to step up and you look at uh, his draft position i'm like he he fell in the draft he was drafted in the fifth round and some people i'm like oh he's a fifth round draft pick but again given the situation in los angeles he he could be fantasy relevant sooner rather than later i'm like this is a, a receiver who's even gotten uh comparisons to like robert woods you know which are very similar you know with their play style and also i'm like you look at uh, Nakua, Nakua, I'm like, he could have a impact in the running game, too. I'm like, he rushed for over 200 yards and five touchdowns uh, last season, so he's versatile. And it's really just an opportunity there for a consistent role. And it's exciting, you know, especially being in a Sean McVay offense. He's a very creative offensive mind. And so I think there's a path for where he could be fantasy relevant, like, sooner rather than later. So that's someone that I would recommend, you know, picking up. And also, uh, let's talk about uh, Charlie Jones, too. Uh Man, like elite production at Purdue. Uh, I think he was overlooked in the pre-draft process, but this is a guy that was impressive during his one season at Purdue. Set the school record for receiving yards in a single season with 1,361 receiving yards. Only one of three Boilermakers in history to record 100 receptions in a single season. And so this level of production, it really showcases to me like this guy's ability as a receiver. I'm like, he had a solid performance at the Combine. I felt like, you know, he was a, a day two, you know, pick. I felt like he was a very nice value, you know, where Cincinnati picked him up. And so with them drafting him that high, it really suggests that, hey, it's a team that values his skill set, you know, his statistical body of work, and someone that they have plans for to utilize really in their offense. So you look at the stack de depth chart. I'm sure that's what some dynasty managers are looking at. I'm like, they got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they got Tyler Boyd. It is stacked. While it may be a challenge for Jones to earn playing time early on, I think it shows like their, you know, I, I would say their commitment. I think that's probably the best word really to surround like Joe Burrow, like with offensive playmakers, but I'll kind of close on this, like a future opportunity. You got Higgins and you got Boyd. They're both free agents after this season. And I think it's very unlikely that the Bengals will sign both of those players. And so again, this is an opportunity, you know, for Charlie Jones to be able to step up and, He's really a low-cost player with huge potential, so I wouldn't overlook him. Yeah, I got Charlie Jones at, at 407 and 412 in those two drafts I was talking That's about. great value. I was like, all right, I, I just, all right, I'll take him. He isn't going to let me have him. 
So, Brad, um, yeah, you meant, mentioned Eric mentioned earlier Nakua had five rushing touchdowns, also had five receiving touchdowns. He's a good run blocker, tough runner. Uh, any thoughts on Nakua? Yeah, I, the opportunity is what jumps out at me, right? But like Eric talked about, Cooper Cup is really about it there. Like, what else is there? And Cooper Cup's almost 30 years old. So even if they add somebody next year, he could still find himself in a position to contribute as early as this year or next year. So I think at the the shot and the not necessarily shot in the dark, but those late dynasty rookie draft picks that you're making for Puka Nakua, that's what you're looking for is who might see some opportunity. And this is quite quite high on the list of third round draft picks right now. Yeah, and, and I'll take I'll take uh, Charlie Jones and I just another every uh, time I get a chance I'll stab uh, the Iowa offense. I'll uh, take a stab at them. Uh, they're just awful, and, and players really hurt their value. And so he escaped that Iowa offense that's putrid and went to Purdue and, and absolutely balled out. If this guy was at Purdue or Michigan or Michigan State, his whole career. He would have been talked about a lot higher in the pre-draft process. Agreed. He overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and the day two draft capital is just you can't you can't just forget about it. So, um, yeah, it might we have to wait a year, um, but I, I'm fine with it. And I think he's definitely someone you should be stashing. Could be on your waiver wire if not fourth round pick. One of my favorite guys to target in the fourth round. Brad, let's talk about Wandale Robinson. Yeah, you know how I am, Dave. I got to get a homer pick in there somewhere, whether it be a Cleveland Browns player or a former Kentucky Wildcat in Wandale Robinson. Really the veteran, might I say, of the New York Giants receiving core. You know, they they brought in Isaiah Hodgins halfway through the season. They brought in Paris Campbell uh, this offseason. They drafted Jalen Hyatt. Wandale Robinson is the guy. And Look, he's coming off as wide receiver 61 in Dynasty ADP. Look, like, that is low. That's real low. Isaiah Hodgins, one-year deal. Jalen Hyatt, is he the one-trick pony guy, or can he do some more other than just stretch the field? Uh, Paris Campbell, everything that we had hoped that he was coming out of Ohio State when he got drafted by Indianapolis and just couldn't get past the injury bug. We hope that happens, but let's be honest. Outside of Darren Waller, there is nothing proven right now for these guys. So I'm going to take a shot at one of the more athletic guys out of the group, a guy that can get open, a guy that can play all over the field. They can move him around. They can do some cool stuff with him with a very intriguing offensive mind in Brian DeBall. So I really like Wondell Robinson right now. And like I said, that wide receiver 61 is just a little too low for me. So I'm I'm happy to call him a sleeper to finish above that right now. Eric, thoughts on Wondell? Yeah, no, I was a huge fan of his game uh, in college, transitioning to the uh, NFL, so – you obviously the biggest thing is that there there's a huge opportunity and void behind like Darren Waller. So no, but I do agree with Brad. He's someone to stash and really just see what happens and really just to see who rises to the occasion. Like when you look at the Giants wide receiver core, because you know Daniel Jones is playing well. I'm like he's an ascending you know talent. You know, he got the big contract, and so 
They're going to lean on him in the passing game. I know they want Saquon back, but you're not going to pay a quarterback that amount of money and not really leverage him as a passer. So, yeah, I would pick up Robinson if, if he's uh, available. Yeah, he had second-round draft capital um, by the, the regime, the new regime with Dable and, and Sean. And then you have the fact that, you know, last year he was playing really well until he oh, got yeah. the ACL injury. Yeah. So um, and you can get him for, you know, late third uh, right now in your rookie drafts. And so um, under before under under for underperforming rookies are definitely cheaper during the rookie draft this year. And there's definitely a few guys to target. He's one of them. I was going to put Isaiah Hodgins on my list, but I didn't want to put too many giants on this board um, as, as much as I am a giants fan. And I think we may have hit all, I had to look back at it. We may have hit all of the different um, divisions here. Um, but I think Hodgins is also someone you can stash. He's also going off as like wide receiver 58 or something like that. It's, it's super cheap, but I put Khalil Shakir, Shakur, Shakira, however you want to say it. Uh, this Buffalo depth chart, when we were looking at Mike Clay's projections, that was what stuck out to me was Stefan Diggs and then who's next. Yeah, Dalton Kincaid is an unproven rookie. I love Dalton Kincaid. That's probably if I would have put a stamp say that's my guy, that was my guy. But I, I'm also trying to be realistic as far as expectations for a rookie tight end. Um, it's just, yeah, exactly. Shakira, Shakira. And so um, – you know, with him, I look at what he did in the postseason. When the game, when the, when it counted most, they really turned to him. And he had three targets and five targets in the two postseason games. He came on strong at the end of the year last year for them. And he is the guy that benefits from no more. They brought in Cole Beasley. He's no longer there. No longer Isaiah McKenzie. No Jamison Crowder. And this was a good football player in college that – you know, gets a second year with Josh Allen. I think he's someone that could could really, really help your team this year unless they add DeAndre Hopkins, and that would obviously throw things for, for a mix. But Shakir, the, the way that he's um, – the value that you're getting for him right now, I'm, I'm in. Eric, your thoughts on, on him? Yeah, this is definitely someone to, um, you know, just to kind of, you know, throw you know throw a dart at. You just you just never know. It 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 is a void, you know, in that offense behind, you know, Diggs. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But like to your point, it's like DeAndre Hopkins is on the plane. It's gonna it's gonna really devastate devastate things. But hey, it's better to be proactive than reactive. So nothing wrong yeah, with getting an yeah. edge or trying to. I'll definitely be editing this episode and taking all that Shakira out. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So uh, let's go to the tight ends before we get out of here. Um, we got some got some good ones on here. So. Irv Smith, we talked about him last week with Michael Florio and Jelani Woods. Eric, let's talk about him. Yeah, the one thing about like Irv Smith, and it's like that could be a polarizing name for some dynasty managers out there, but let's not forget the promising you know rookie season um, where he kind of gave us glimpses and the impression that hey he could develop into an elite tight end like in the future. And this is back in 2019. Inconsistent performance is like another narrative. He had a few tight end one games in 2020. His downfall has obviously been his health. I'm like, this is a tight end who played 16 games in his rookie season that he missed the entire 2021 season and half of 2023 due to injuries. But you look at the Viking, uh, the Vikings decision-making. So they, they were concerned obviously about Smith's injury history. 
brought in TJ Hawkinson, let Smith walk. You are now a free agent. And so they obviously didn't have confidence in Smith's ability to stay healthy, but then he bounces back with the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow and that offense. And so he was on the open market for a while. I was watching closely to see who is Irv Smith going to, to sign with. But I think the fact that Cincinnati, they said, Hey, we're not selecting a tight end uh, in the recent NFL draft. I think that bodes well for someone like Smith and his opportunity to uh, contribute in 2023. And so one thing I've noticed, like his dynasty ADP, it's it's been rising over the past couple of months, but he's he's still a great value. So if you end up adding Smith to your roster, you're really betting on on health. But I just remember many years ago, like with Travis Kelsey, I think the perception early on in his career was like he he's injured, he can't stay healthy, and he kind of ended up getting things together. And we saw what happened with Kelsey. So my point is is not to say that hey Irv Smith is going to become the next Travis Kelsey. It's just saying that. Hey, he could still have a productive NFL career. He's still a young player, and I think he's in a great situation, really, to thrive. You know, we saw what um, you know Hayden Hurst, you know, was able to do in this Bengals offense, catching passes from Joe Burrow. So I think Irv Smith can have some success too. So then I look at like Jelani Woods to kind of close the loop on tight end. It's you know some competition in the tight end room. They got a crowded room right now. You know, you got Woods; he's competing against. Uh, but uh, uh, Kylan Gr- uh, Granson and uh, uh, Mo Alley Cox. So I just think he still has a good chance to break out just due to his uh, athleticism and potential. You know, he split time as a rookie. Uh, he still had some success. I think he had a, uh, a pair of uh, tight end one games. So it kind of shows me that, hey, this is a player in Woods who can produce when given the opportunity. But then you look at the upside and the coaching change. I'm like, I think we would all agree. I'm like, he's an athletic freak. I'm like, he was what a converted uh, – quarterback like he, he dominated uh the combine last year you know with his uh measurables and you know you look at indianapolis where they've got shane steichen coming in from philadelphia uh expectations are, are through the roof on what he can bring to this team offensively and we all saw how productive uh the tight ends were in philadelphia and so that's something i think that should have appealed you know to a dynasty manager because uh, this is someone that has the athletic background you know, he's got the coaching staff around him, you know, great playmakers surrounding him, and he's someone that could succeed. And he's also very versatile and really just being undervalued in uh, in drafts right now, especially in startup drafts. I'm like, he's someone that I ended up on a startup uh, draft, a dynasty draft that I just completed that I added as, uh, I think, like my tight end uh, three. And I ended up having uh, TJ Hawkinson as my tight end one and uh, David Njoku as my tight end two. I just want to make sure that I'm I'm putting myself in the best possible position to find perhaps like the next Travis Kelsey. I think Jelani Woods is one of those guys. Yeah, and you look at someone that has just unbelievable traits. And at the tight end position, uh, we talk about it all the time. I listen to Move the Sticks, and tight end position is just so hard to project. It's yeah. very rare that these top tight ends actually end up being the top tight ends. Exactly. Um, And (laughs) so you look at someone like George Kittle, if you were to look at George Kittle's college resume, we wouldn't even talked about him again, Iowa stinky offense, but um, he, he's someone that had the traits. And so um, Daniel Bellinger last year looked really good. He was someone that, that, uh, you know, didn't really do much in college. Um, so yeah, Jelani Woods is interesting. And then Irv Smith, he's someone that, you know, he's, he was a very, very good prospect. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Brad, let's talk about Mr. Hayden Hurst. I have a number 1,000 
987. That's how many air yards are available for the Carolina Panthers <laughs> offense. That's a lot. I got another number, 50%. That's how many vacated targets the Carolina Panthers offense has. And then you bring in new head coach, Frank Reich. Well, what's his philosophy? Let's go back to 2019, 2020, and 2021, where he was a full-time head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. And how many targets did the tight end position get? Over 100 every single year. Every single year, Frank Reich's tight ends targeted over 100 times. And now you got Hayden Hurst, who showed that he is a very viable tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals last year. First round draft capital as well, even though that was like a decade ago or whatever. It wasn't really a decade. It was like six years ago or whatever. But regardless, <laughs> going into a situation where there are a ton of targets and a ton of air yards with a rookie quarterback who's going to want to just lean on that security blanket. I think he is a huge value coming off. Can you even guess what his ADP is at the tight end position in Dynasty right now? I didn't even know there were this many tight ends that could be drafted. Uh, 39. This guy is a tight end 39 in ADP. Come on, guys. Come on. We got to do better than this. So I think Hayden Hurst is a huge, huge. He just meets the term sleeper this year. And I feel like I'm getting way too excited about Hayden Hurst right now. But it is what it is. <laughs> Listen, he would talk about Brock Purdy being that like steady Eddie plug and play guy. Like you, you could go with, you know, Gerald Everett or Jawan Johnson and have like huge weeks and then really crappy weeks. Or you could have had Hayden Hurst just nine, 10, nine, 10. Like he just was chugging along all year. And like, that's, that's what you're, that's what you're looking for in these PPR leagues. Like maybe not going to win you the week, but he's definitely someone that, and hopefully he's not your starter, but if he is your starter, he can go in and give you double-digit points. But if you're going to fade the tight end, go zero tight end, then uh, maybe this is the guy that, that you can go with. So a, a guy that I wanted to put on here – oh, first, um, Eric, any thoughts on Hayden Hurst? No, no, I, I like Hayden Hurst because you look at um, – you just look at that Panthers team in the, in the division that they play in, you know, in the NFC South. I'm like, they don't have really too many stout defenses – uh, in that you know in that uh, in that division and so he's going to have some pretty favorable matchups so again he's not going to be a guy that's going to win like a week for you but I do believe that Hurst will have some productive games and so I was talking about him when mentioning about how successful he was in Cincinnati so I think that'll translate to this year as well so I like him quite a bit yeah and so we talked earlier about the term sleeper and that's the reason I did not put Chig on this list uh, I feel like for dynasty standpoint he would not be on this list for Redraft standpoint, when you draft Chig in your, your redraft home league, people are going to say who? Um, and so uh, he's someone, when you look at the metrics, like all of it, like yards per route run, you know, his target, his route route participation, his, his air yards, like everything screams that this guy is going to be a good tight end this year. And he's possibly the number two target in Tennessee. So I do want to give him some love. But as far as this, I felt like I had to go deeper. And so I went with Trey McBride. And so Trey McBride is someone that was a very good prospect coming out. He had 91 receptions, 
1,125 yards in 12 games his last year at Colorado. He was their offense. 12.4 yards per reception. And as far as a grade, there's only two people since 2014, two tight ends that have had a plus 95 grade on PFF. It's Kyle Pitts and it's Trey McBride. And so as far as yards after the catch, he was 456 yards after the catch his his senior year. The next guy after him was Brock Bowers at 406. Then you had uh, 375. I can't remember who that was. And then it was 369 was Isaiah Likely. And so yeah. this guy is someone that can do a lot of damage after, you know, after he gets the ball in his hands, which is really what you're looking for. When you're looking at these tight ends, you know, a lot of them, nope, you know, like kind of your Jason Witten types, like, they're, they're great, um, but they don't do a lot of yards after the catch. They don't do a lot of deep you know deep stuff down the field. This guy can do all of those things that you're looking for, and he was a second-round pick last year. You can get him for late third, early fourth round. I mean, yeah. people just – they're like, he didn't do anything last year. Okay. Like, Kyler Murray got hurt. Arizona was a dumpster fire. And, like, what do you expect this guy to do? And so I'm going to buy the dip and say, okay, you get you gave a second-round pick last year. I'm going to give you a fourth-round pick or a high third or late late third, and I'll take Trey McBride, McBride and let him sit. I know Zach Ertz is still there. I don't know what Zach Ertz is going to be like after the ACL injury. I don't know if they're going to move on from him with the, you know, the situation right there. They look like they're really looking toward 2024. And so I think he could be a big part of this team when you look at moving on from DeAndre Hopkins, a lot of vacated targets, a lot of vacated air yards. And, um, you know, he's someone that this team did invest a high draft pick in that I think they could build with. Eric, any any thoughts on Trey McBride? Yeah, it's just an opportunity there. Who knows if Zach Ertz and how long he'll be out. It'll definitely be early in the season. So you've got McBride really set to operate as the Cardinals uh, tight end one. And to your point, I'm like, he's got second-round draft capital. Uh, he's only, what, 23 years old. I'm like, he's someone that's really just going to get a lot better and quickly. So, you know, why not? You know, why not take a flyer on him? Like, it could end up panning out within a year or two, especially once they get the quarterback situation solidified in Arizona. Whether it's Kyler Murray or someone else, we'll see. But pick up Trey McBride. I like it. All right. Well, Eric, I really appreciate your time uh, and everything you share with us. Uh, anything else before we go? Yeah, I would just say if um, you kind of hit on this earlier um, in the show is that, you know, if you're not following me on Twitter, you know, just stop what you're doing. Follow me at Eric N. Moody. Also pretty active on uh, Instagram. I'm starting to get more involved on that platform. So pretty much anywhere on social media, like you can find me at Eric N. Moody. As far as content, Everything is at ESPN. So I cover the NFL, NBA, and WNBA from a fantasy and sports betting perspective. So if you like all those things, like a little bit of rock music talk and nostalgia, you'll be right at home. But no, thanks for the invite, gentlemen. Hey, it's been uh, a pleasure and fun as always. And looking forward to the next one. So, Hey, I appreciate that, JJ. And, and Eric, again, again, thank you so much. One of the kindest guys on Twitter, you know, sometimes when you see some of the bigger names out there, you're afraid to ask them a question. You're afraid to, you know, comment on some of their posts. Don't do that with Eric. He's always extremely kind and extremely um, knowledgeable when he's answering. And, and uh, you know, I, I always appreciate that. And, 
anytime I see one of your, your posts, I always see that you're being as in, as interactive as everybody else. And I really appreciate about that. You yeah. about you. So uh, that. Th- that's it. Uh, everybody hope you have, hope you enjoyed the show uh, as always. Good luck this season. Cheers. <laughs>